you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. Week to week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure that is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. Small things. By the help of the Lord, I'm going to preach tonight from the subject, small things. Lord, help us to speak what you have inspired in my spirit. I pray now, God, that the Holy Ghost would meet with us in this house and that every spirit that is sent that is not of you, that you would take care of that in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And every stronghold that would like to bind, I break it because the anointing breaks the yoke in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we release the power of God in this room to minister to the hearts that are open to receive the word of God. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You can be seated. There was an article written recently about a study that was aimed at lowering health risks in the United States. And the top healthcare experts came together and were chosen to sit on a research committee to find the major causes of most health problems and discover what we can do as citizens to lower health risks. And of course, they began to look at all sorts of different directions to try to reach a conclusion. And amazingly, while they were thinking that perhaps they would find that most health issues are caused by pollution and caused by uh, overwork and caused by uh, corporations and, and, and money and wealth, amazing conclusions were found that it was not major things that cause most of the health issues that we deal with in America. As a matter of fact, the study concluded that it was small things and that in most causes, in most cases, most of these medical issues could be dealt with by just making some small changes. They cited the top five issues that cause health problems in America. You may be wild to hear that alcoholism is among the top. Smoking is among the top. We all feel like we're going to be free, right? Overeating is among the top. 
Oh, Jesus, help us. Too much stress is in the top five. Lord, have mercy. And too little exercise. That's why we do what we do on Sunday night, to give you an opportunity to beef up your exercise program. The startling thing is that most Americans already know this, and the problem is that we know what we need to do, but we're not willing to do what we know we need to do. I want to impress upon you tonight that big things begin very small. It's the small things. When the first small sign of an issue arises in your life, you should not ignore it, men. When the first issue of a health problem comes, you should not ignore it. You should notify your wife. And she will promptly increase your life insurance or make you a doctor's appointment. One of the greatest mistakes that many people make is not realizing the danger of small things. The truth is, is as a pastor of a congregation such as this, working very closely to many of you, having built close relationships with a few of you, I have found that for the most part, I don't fear the big issues. The big issues are usually blatant. The thing that I fear in most lives are the small things. The things we cover, the things we hide. The things we mask over on Sunday with a suit and a smile. Most of us deal very swiftly with large things. But the small thing, thank you, the small thing we have a tendency to allow to just pass by, ignore, get by, and get along. In my lifetime, I can tell you stories about big people with big potential and even some big ministries who were brought down by small things. Maybe that's why the Song of Solomon, the second chapter in the 15th verse, says to beware, take the little foxes because it's the little fox that spoils the vine. The writer is admonishing us to get a hold of the little foxes and to catch them before they damage the tender vines and to seize them 
because if we're not careful, it is the small things that will spoil the entire vineyard. We must be aware of the small things. Moms and dads, I want to speak to you tonight. Young people, I want to talk to you. Young adults, I want to reach for you tonight. I'm going to get very real. I'm going to be more pointed tonight than I am often in my preaching. I'm not coming angry. I prayed before I came out that the spirit and heart of what I'm preaching would become very clear to this congregation tonight. But I do fear that we are allowing some small things to get by in our lives. And we refuse to deal with them because they're so small. And we fail to understand that the small thing will eventually grow up. Right now it's just a puppy, but it's going to grow up to be a big fox. Somebody says, well, it's not as bad as it could be yet. Most of the things that ruined the vineyard, the wise Solomon said, are the little things. It's not the big thing, it's the small thing. It's the little thing that ruins the vineyard because little things defile much when little things are allowed to go and allowed to grow. I'm calling the church tonight and I'm calling moms and dads Tonight to wake up and pay attention to guard against small things. We've got three wonderful sons here tonight. I'm very proud of them and proud of what God is doing in their life. But sometimes they don't like me. Because sometimes I walk through the house and pull them aside and say I need to talk to you about a small thing. It's not a big thing, but I don't want it to become a big thing. I see something. It's a small thing, but we're going to deal with it while it's small. Because when it's a giant in your life and has a grip on you, don't think you're going to be able to break it then. Because it's going to take the supernatural power of God. You're not just going to walk away from it. It's going to get a grip on you. Most people that deal with severe addictions say, I wish I would have never touched the first cigarette. I wish I would have never taken the first drug. I wish I would have never had the first drink. I wish I would have never gone to the first website. I wish I would have never started flirting. Because it's the small thing that grows up and becomes a big thing and will destroy your life and your family and your home and your future. I recognize we're in a church that's on the move. Things are advancing. They're looking up. Things are happening in a positive way. We're excited. We're just a few weeks away from moving into our new building. We're right here at the end of the building process. And many of us are tired and weary and it can't get here quick enough. 
But things are progressing nicely. And the whole, in, in the church, I was talking to people yesterday, and we're talking about the growth of the church and good things that are happening. And I do believe that it's all order to the Lord and it's all part of His steps. Things are lining up and the seasons are lining up in a very unbelievable way. And what's going to happen here around July the 4th is going to be a springboard of evangelism into some mighty amazing things that are going to happen. But when we move into this, this is when I fear the greatest attacks of the enemy upon the people of God. When we need to be teaching Bible studies and, and, and discipling new people, we, 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 we then at that point don't need to be hindered by small things that have grown up in some saint's life that's been around the church during the whole process. Hear the counsel of God in this pastor tonight as I'm preaching to you. When things begin to move, beware because the foxes will raise their head in the vineyard and it's all about destroying the harvest. As soon as the tender grapes burst forth on the vine, the foxes appear and begin gnawing at the green shoots and it takes very few foxes to, to, to cause the whole vineyard. To lose its harvest. This is why sometimes. I point out some little things. And people say why in the world. Is pastor dealing with little things. I talk about I talk about some of the smallest of things. Sometimes we talk. I was standing here tonight. And I thought about. oh, uh, why, why some people aren't, aren't, aren't really engaging tonight. And I thought well they're tired. They're weary. Different things going on. People just aren't engaging. They're asked to clap their hands. They're not clapping. They're asked to lift their hands. They're not lifting their hands. And I, and I thought well it's just a small thing. And the Lord said exactly. My praise and my worship's not predicated on how I feel or who's leading or whether I like the song or not. My praise and my worship has got to be predicated on who He is and my revelation and understanding of who He is in my life. Because my praise is going to show my appraisal of Him. Whether I'm here in a bilingual service last night across the sea somewhere or down south somewhere in some little church that don't do my kind of music. But i got to worship anyway because I still appraise Him as the God of heaven and the God that's working in my life. So my appraisal doesn't change based on my location or how I feel. Just a small thing, Pastor. But it's the small things that grow up and become big things. Can I get right where you live tonight? If we're not careful, we'll allow our priorities, our priorities to get out of line. And we call them small things. Your priorities may be Okay, I'll say it the way it really is. Your priorities will dictate what your future is going to look like. What you make time for. Well, I can't show up to prayer meeting. I've got this, I've got that, I've got the other. I can't be faithful to the house of God because of this, because of that. Your priorities are showing up. 
And you will always pay the price of your priorities. Is it all right for me to be strong with you tonight? You're going to handle the strong meat of the word of God or you need me to get back to some milk and preach some faith to you tonight? Because I can encourage you. We can talk about miracles, signs, and wonders if you want to, but I'm, I'm trying to get somebody saved tonight. Jesus declared in Matthew, but seek ye first. I don't have the voice to be able to scream and yell like I feel like preaching tonight, but, but I am going to say it the way I feel it in my spirit. But Matthew said, but seek ye first the kingdom of God. Well, I will as soon as I take care of you're not putting him first. Don't tell me you're putting God first when everything else is above your priority list. I said I was going to give your give, leave your giving along tonight, but I'm going to tell you when you wait until all the bills are paid to find out what you can give. I see where your priorities are. It's not on things eternal. We need to get back to biblical priorities. I've got to be saved. If my family chooses not to go with me, I've got to be saved. Don't none go with me. Still, I will follow. I'll not turn back. But I want my family saved. But my relationship with God is more important than my job. Than my family. Than my hobbies. Take this whole world. But give me Jesus. And then I have an obligation to my family. And I'm going to see to it that my family are raised in truth. My boys could choose to go whatever direction they want. They're grown men now still living in my house. As long as they live in my house, they live by my rules. They can move out. Mama help them pack. Cry the whole time, but she'll help them pack. But in our house, we go to church. We're faithful to the things of God. We're obedient to God's word in my house. This is the way it is in my house. I've got a right because it's my house. They're grown men. They can go and do whatever they want to do, but they're never going to come back point a finger at me and say, Daddy, you never told me I had to. Because I'm telling you, there is no other way to be saved. I want my three boys to hear me. There's no other plan of salvation. A church of 10,000 can call you because you're a good preacher. But don't let that sway you. There's no other way to be saved other than repenting of your sins, being baptized in Jesus' name, being filled with the Holy Ghost, living a separated life. There is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Don't ever forget it. I got an obligation to this church. I'm not here because somebody voted me in. Thank you for voting me. If, if, if you were here and you voted me in, don't, don't. Don't, don't take this wrong. Thank you for voting me in. If you wouldn't have voted me in, I couldn't have usurped authority and come and been the pastor. I get that. 
but I'm here because God planted me here. He had a purpose and he had a reason, so I have an obligation to my church. If you're here and don't really know why you're here, you need to get some roots. You need to understand why you're here. And understand that God has planted you here. Let me dig a little deeper now. I'm talking about the small things of priorities. Let me talk about the small thing of a secretive heart. Mm. I heard some moans in the room. A secretive heart. The heart is deceitful. Mm, above all things. Continually wicked, the Bible said. Who can even know their own heart? You better guard against a secretive heart. Can I speak boldly to these young people and young adults in the house? If you have to sneak around to do it, you don't even need to ask whether you ought to do it or not. You've got to guard against a secretive heart. Oh, it's a small thing. Nobody's going to know. That's the whole idea because you can hide it from mama and daddy and pastor and from the friends that you don't want to know, but you'll never hide it from God because he knows the very thoughts and the intent of your heart. You've got to guard Against a secretive heart. Children are secretive because they learned how to be secretive. Don't tell your mama. Don't let grandpa know. Mm. Is this too, too strong for you? We can go back to some milk if you need it. Somebody get some milk, would you? A secretive heart. Those who pretend. They dress the part. But they deny the power. They pretend to be faithful. They pretend to be holy. They pretend to walk with God. But the heart... I used to hear our late bishop say you can wear your sleeves to here and your necklines to here and your dresses to the floor and you can keep your, your, your tie button, your, your collar buttoned all the way up to the tie but you can have a heart that is so black and wicked. I'm not denying the importance of holiness. I believe it as strong as anybody I know. I believe holiness inward and outward. But I'm telling you we've got, the issue is, is outward holiness becomes visible. But the heart, you can become secretive about it. Mm. It seems like it's okay because nobody knows. 
as long as nobody finds out. If I can just hide it, if I can keep Keep, if I can just get it by, it's the small secrets thing. But see, here's the issue. It starts out small. It's a small issue. It, it probably wouldn't be a big deal. I, I've had people come to me. I've had some come into my office. It happens all the time. And just let me address it publicly from the pulpit. People come to me, Pastor, how do you feel about this or that? I know, you know, I've been in a church, been taught by this pastor, this, been taught by that pastor. And I'm wondering if you could, you know, how you feel about it, if we should or if we shouldn't. And the whole issue is, is there is a lot of things that in of themselves may not be an issue that will send you to hell or cause you to go to heaven. But if we are not careful, instead of adding to our faith virtue, and our virtue praise. We will add to our secret another secret. And yet another secret until the small thing becomes a great thing. I suggest this is what has happened in many lives. Little things that slip through the cracks. I know I've stood in this very pulpit. I have met in my office. I have preached to families. And I've said, don't do this. Don't go there. Get over this. Let this go. I've had the smirks. I've had things. And tonight they're long gone away from God. It wasn't for lack of preaching. It was because they thought they were so sly. They were so good in their heart. They could keep it so secretive in their heart that it would never be revealed. And somewhere along the way, something that started out as a small secret kept creeping in when the vineyard is trying to get ripe. And it looks like a modern picture of a home. But it's much different than the picture that grandma and grandpa painted. But today we try to justify it and say it's okay because Hollywood says it's okay. It's happening all over the world. Don't look at me all sanctimonious tonight. Family programs today portray mom and dad as dense and the kids as experts at manipulating them. And that should be acceptable in the home. I come here tonight and tell you young people, hear your pastor tonight. If your parents ever come to me and ask me my opinion, I'm going to make it very clear and make it very public of exactly what I believe. The father is to be the head of the house, the priest of the home the spiritual leader of the family. If dad doesn't do it, your mama has to step up to it. God didn't build her for it, but she has a biblical right to stand on the foundations and principles of the word of God in that home. Listen, respect your parents for this is the will of God. I know I'm sounding naive and old fashioned tonight. But I grew up walking the old path. And I stand here tonight with my family saved. Give me the old path. 
to the days when apostolic women were apostolic women. You didn't have to question. And apostolic men were apostolic men that knew what they believed and why they believed it and stood strong on it and declared the word of God with boldness. The preacher didn't have to worry about somebody getting upset over preaching the mighty God in Christ. Little small things, small things have crept in. We've become experts at making excuses. We have an excuse for everything. It didn't fit into the message tonight, but I had a little rendition of ex of excuses I was going to give you because some of them are so observed, uh, absurd. We have excuses for everything. Excuses why we can't go to work on time, be at church on time, show up to prayer meeting, be at work day, be faithful to the house of God, support the work of the Lord. Oh, I, I didn't think you were going to like me. We have excuses for everything. I'm too busy. I intended to, but I just never got around to it. Those of you who walk real closely with me understand and know that I don't make many excuses. I'll usually take the blame on myself if something's not done. I'm, I'm not an excuse maker. I'm, I don't pretend to be an excuse maker. I don't want to be an excuse maker. But at the same time, excuses don't do very much for me. Because excuses are only good for the people that are making them. The truth is, is that the reason the small thing of excuses are so dangerous is because excuses remove accountability. And if you miss that, I'm going to say it again. When you get caught up making excuses, you are removing accountability out of your life. Nothing should be said to me because I made a good excuse. And excuses remove accountability and create unfaithfulness. And we become unstable because of excuses. What seems to be a small thing is just a little thing. Small things grow up. And eventually will become a tiger that you can't deal with. I got to hurry. You're getting weary. It seems like a small thing. It's seemingly small. But an unsubmitted spirit is the most contagious spirit that is on the loose in the church today. We must guard against an unsubmitted spirit. And can I preach for a little bit tonight? The reason an unsubmitted spirit is so dangerous is because it's easily disguised as a small thing. 
It's just a little attitude. It's just a little contention. And the reason an unsubmitted spirit is so dangerous is because it positions itself as a leader against leadership. The problem with an unsubmitted spirit is that it is too knowledgeable and powerful to ever be able to be a team player unless they are in charge. And the problem with an unsubmitted spirit is that it is certainly too confident to ever be able to follow somebody else's lead. Because it positions itself as superior to everybody around them. Let me call out that rebellious Jezebel spirit for what it is. It's an unsubmitted spirit that will lead you and all of its cronies straight to hell. When a sign of an unsubmitted spirit ever begins to rise up in your life, you better crucify the flesh with the lust and the affections thereof and get it under the blood and commit it to God and submit yourself to the will of God. If I am preaching to you tonight and you know in your heart that you're truly not submitted to God, you need to get yourself in in a position of submission so that God can use you with your abilities and your talents. But God cannot work in the spirit of unsubmission. Because what starts with a little bit of the lack of submission will grow up into massive rebellion. The issue with an unsubmitted spirit is that it is always hidden and has a secret agenda. And in the end, every time, whether it's Lucifer, Jezebel, God always, you may go on, Korah, God always exposed The spirit, the manifester of the spirit, and the agenda. And it never worked against the kingdom of God. It failed every time. And it will fail in the New Testament church because the Bible said the very gates of hell shall not prevail against the church of the living God. Small things. Small things. It was just a smart aleck comment. Just a cute little, it was just a moment. Get it under control. Small things. 
small things that are hidden like prayerlessness. You can't judge my prayer life. I don't have to. It's obvious in how you walk. Because your prayer life shows up in your daily life. Come on, it's time to deal with small things. Oh, it's no big deal, Pastor. It's a big deal. Prayerlessness is not a small thing. I'm sure I'll get ridiculed tonight because this is live on the web. I'm sure I'll get ridiculed and some hate mail. That's all right. Bring it on. I feel strong in the Holy Ghost tonight. There's some small things that this church, you can do whatever you want in other churches, but this church is going to conquer some small things because God has big plans for our future. We're going to deal with these small things before they spoil the vine because the small, the seemingly small thing of prayerlessness will hinder your future, your home. We used to sing a song, I know what prayer can do. I wish I knew it well enough. I just, and had the voice to, I'd just sing it right now because I know what prayer can do. I know. Because prayer changes things. But prayer changes the prayer. Because when you go to God in prayer, it may be that God changes your spirit about whatever you're praying over. Prayerlessness will lead to a life of sinfulness. Prayerlessness will cost you more than you ever wanted to pay. I believe this church is ripe for a great harvest. Our vines have tender grapes. Satan would love nothing more than to destroy what God is wanting to do in the church. But we're putting up a guard tonight against a sly fox that comes in, the wolf disguising in sheep's clothing. We put up a guard against it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We raise up a banner against it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Revival is the destiny of Christian life, church. It is the prophetic word of God that has been spoken over this church by the mouth of many prophets and apostles of God that have come and spoken again and again and again and again. We will see revival. It will come in the name of the Lord and no devil in hell will come in any shape, form or fashion and hinder what God is wanting to do in the church in these last days. I'm closing. You can stand with me. One of the most dangerous small things that I close with tonight. One of the most dangerous small things is simply not doing what we know to do. That's little. I know. I couldn't tell you how many people in the last few months that I've walked up to and said, 
how you doing? I love you. I care about you. You know, you need to make some changes in your life. Yeah. I know. I know, Pastor. I don't want you to get the wrong impression, Pastor. It's just a small thing. I know you know what to do. And I know it seems like a small thing. But the scripture said, He that knoweth to do good. And doeth. Now that man that knows, it's sin. The Bible teaches that no sin will enter the city. It's a small thing, but it will keep you out of heaven. No, pastor, it's a small thing. I hadn't robbed anybody. I hadn't stolen from anybody. I killed anybody. Pastor, I've been obedient to all the, the great laws and commandments, but he that knoweth to do good and doeth it not. I don't want to leave you in despair tonight because in this same text that I have preached for the last 35 or 40 minutes in There is also a word there for the faithful. And I want you to know that God sees the unfaithfulness. And he will judge the unfaithfulness, but he also sees the faithfulness and he will judge the faithful righteous. Because Luke chapter 16, our text in verse number 10 said, He that is faithful in that which is the very smallest thing, He's proven to God that he can be trusted and that he will be faithful when he is handed much. Look around you tonight. If your family's in the house tonight, God has trusted you with much. He's trusted you because there's some faithfulness there. But I urge you tonight, if there's a small thing, if the Word of God has pricked your heart in some way tonight, I, I just want to call us to a season of prayer. We're not going to come tonight, and we're not just going to come stand for a moment and sing a song and go home. But I want us all from the front to the back to respond to the preach Word of God. I'm calling everybody in the room to find themselves a place to pray tonight and make this very personal between you and God. If you can kneel, kneel. If you're unable to kneel, sit in the pew where you are or move to a location that you feel comfortable to pray but let's pray tonight and deal with some of the small things that we have been just letting pass in our lives because above all else we must be saved and I want to walk as he would have me to walk and be what he would have me to be in the name of the Lord Jesus
Let's respond to the Word of God. Call on Him tonight. Call on Him tonight. Call on Him tonight. He's faithful. He's faithful. it moms and dads weep over your children weep over your children weep over your family you find your children why don't you find your family weep over them pray over them 